Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. For today are I surrender, and I'll get to that in a second, but what we have found through this series is that our words control our thoughts, and our thoughts control our actions, and our actions control and determine our future, and you know, so sometimes those words are internal, they're the things that we say to ourselves. you know, you're not smart enough, why are you trying for this promotion, don't know why you're studying so hard, you're just going to barely skate by like you always do, you know, or something like that, right? Or maybe they're external words. You know, maybe you can think back to when you're a kid, and I hope not, but, you know, you'll never be enough. You'll never be good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You know, maybe it's something like that, you know? Um, But I think that we can all agree that we've all had some kind of negative words, whether internal or external. And so that's what this whole series is based out of. It's how to overcome that and move past it. Did you know that the Bible says that our words have the very power to give life or to bring about death? Now, if our words can can bring life or death, don't you think our words are important? Today, we are gonna make a choice together. Now, I know I'm being pretty presumptuous to assume that you'll do that with me, but that's okay. I'm going to do it anyway. We're going to have some fun today. I'm going to step on some toes. We're going to laugh together. I hope we don't cry together, but we might. You never know. So um, it's just the way these go sometimes, folks. So uh, we are going to do this. In some area of our life, we all are controlling, every one of us. We need to choose, and that's the title for today's message. We need to choose surrender over control. Surrender over control. Surrender over control. See, what's funny is when you first read it, it's like, I need surrender over control. But the more you say it, surrender over control. It's like I'm giving something away, right? Did you catch that? I hope you did. Let me ask you a question. Do we got any control freaks here today? Raise your hand, raise your hand. It's okay, leave it up, leave it up, leave it up. Listen, if at any point right now in the next couple seconds you feel led to raise someone else's hand, I want you specifically, not them, I want you specifically to take good notes today because you are driving us crazy. You can put your hands down, you can put your hands down. You know, you're driving us crazy and I just wanna tell you that if you follow with what we're gonna talk about today, Jesus can set you free, okay? He can set you free and set the rest of us free too for being around you, amen? So let's talk about some examples when it comes to being controlling. What about being controlling at work? Most of us would say, well, we work for that person. We wouldn't really wanna admit that we are that person, but what about this? What about being controlling at work where it's do it my way, in my time, and do it right? And if you don't do it right, then I'll step in and do it myself. Anybody that way? Anybody work for that person? Yeah, chances are if you don't work for that person, you might be that person. Just want everybody to know that. So, and I'm not trying to pick, if your boss is here, don't look, don't point, don't point. 
you know, but, but, but maybe that's the way it is. What about being controlling at home? I know nobody does this, right? But, but you know, I have learned that there are people who care more about what's going on inside the house and then people who care more about what's going on outside the house. So like maybe inside the house, whoever it is, you know, like you vacuuming, there's vacuum lines that gotta be right. And if they're not right, we're gonna start over and do them all over again because they got, they got to be perpendicular to this, you know what I mean? They gotta be just right. But now let's talk about something that really matters and that's the lines in the lawn, okay? I don't know if you can tell which one of those two I am, but I'm gonna tell you what, you can re-vacuum that room all day. Once you cut that lawn, if those lines ain't right the first time, you're gonna look bad at least until the neighbors cut theirs and force us to cut ours next time, right? I'm the only one, okay. What about this in marriage? If you don't do it the right way, my way, then I'm gonna hold this away from you. Oh, nobody. See, I told you, y'all don't struggle with this. I'm just gonna preach to myself today, church. Uh, see, nobody wanted to admit to that one. The vacuum and the lawnmower will admit to. We're not gonna talk about that one today, Chris. I got you, I got you. What about controlling your children? Controlling your children. <laughs> you know, if you don't pick those Legos up, you are grounded till you're 30. And I want to tell you something today, church. I'm going to set y'all free on something, okay? I want to tell you something. Here, work, watching at home as well. You might be able to do this while you watch. If your kid don't pick up them Legos, it's okay to ground them till they're 30. Because I'm going to tell you, there's no pain worse than being barefoot on a wooden floor stepping on a Lego. That is just the worst. Ground your children or don't invite me over for dinner. That's all I'm saying. So what about this? And, and, and I do want to tell you this. I'm going to preface this by telling you that today's message is just as much for me as it is for you. I'm still learning some of this. And I'm going to tell you, I have been known to be in the passenger seat of a car and reach across and help the other person drive better. Have y'all ever done that? I'm the only one with a problem. You know what I mean? I got to tell you, uh, you know, sometimes it's the wheel, but I will tell you, and don't you do this. Listen carefully. I'm going to make sure this is on camera. Chris didn't say this is okay. But I have been known to reach over and push somebody's knee down so that we can go a little faster to get where we're going. And I'll tell you, when Jessica and I were dating, that's my wife, by the way. First, before I move any further, I got to tell you that Jessica has approved begrudgingly, all of the examples I'm going to give you today from our relationship and our marriage for the last 15 years. One of our first dates, she was driving a little slower than I wanted her to. Had a little 95 Corolla, it's a very small car. I don't know if you're familiar, it's a little car. And I reached over and I gently pressed her knee down so that we could go faster. I did not look where we were going. I was trusting her for that. So when I did that, we went flying over some railroad tracks and a little bitty car. When we landed, we landed so hard that it knocked the transmission into neutral and all we heard is <laughs> It took us five minutes to figure out what I had done. Because that's not the first place you look when you hear those noises. And uh, you know, she's like, my grandpa just gave me this car. You know, so pray for me, pray for me. Because while that might've been 15 years ago, I didn't say that I haven't done anything like that since. But here's what I want to tell you since we're talking about me. Let's talk about her for a minute. She's not here anyway. Y'all don't tell her I said this. If you read the New Testament, you know the Pharisees had 613 laws that they had to memorize and live by. I'm the only one who read the New Testament. If you read that, they had 613 laws that they had to live by. Jessica has more laws than that in the kitchen. 
got to put the dishes in the dishwasher this way. You got to take them out that way. You got to dry them off this way. Listen, I'm okay with that. I'm cool with all her laws. I only want to control everything else in God's creation. Only that's too much to ask for. I don't think that's at all too much. Listen, all the examples we just went through are funny, but here's what I want to tell you. I want to get serious for a second is that when we try to control certain parts of our life, especially the things that we weren't meant to control and we're not able to control, it's really indicative of a spiritual problem. It's really indicative of something internal going on. See, um, control is a form of conceit. Anybody know anybody who's conceited and they're just hard to be around sometimes? If you don't, you might be them. But Zig Ziglar says that conceit is a strange disease. It makes everybody but the one who has it sick. Hope that'll minister to somebody, but here's what I wanna share with you today. I wanna share with you one of the most quoted, most popular, most challenging passages in all of scripture. Proverbs three, five and six says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. You know, it is so hard not to lean on my own understanding. I want to fix stuff. I want to figure it out on my own. I'm not patient enough to pray and wait. I want to do it now. But what does it say? In how many ways? In all your ways. We are to acknowledge. Now the Hebrew word for that word acknowledge is to submit or to surrender which is what we're talking about, I surrender. It also means to know. It's actually the exact same word used for when the Bible said Adam knows Eve. You know what I'm saying, you follow me? It's an intimate knowing. Trust in the Lord means in all of my ways, I'm trusting God. And in this one area that I'm trying to control, the truth is I'm playing God because I'm all knowing and I know everything. And listen, here's the thing, there's a vicious cycle, okay? It's like a a laundry dryer gone wrong. It's this vicious cycle and the more I try to control, the more I fear losing control. The more I fear losing control, the more I try to control. The more I try to control, the more I fear losing control. Do you see what happens here? It's just never ending. If everything relies on me, it's just never ending. And I wanna show you an example today of control gone bad from the Old Testament. And it outlines what happens when we try controlling things without being fully surrendered to God first. So we're gonna talk today about Abraham and Sarah. The scripture calls them Abram and Sarai because their names haven't been changed yet. But here's what I wanna just kind of set the stage is Abraham gets told face to face with God, you will be the father of many nations. I don't know about you, it sounds like a big responsibility. But Abram and Sarai were too old to have children and didn't have any. How is he gonna be the father of many nations? So God makes them this promise. And I don't know about you, but if God face to face tells me, gives me a promise, well, I'm going to expect he does what he says. But what happened? They waited, they waited, they waited some more. Put yourself in their shoes for a minute. They waited and they waited and nothing happened. 
So before we're too hard on them for what they're about to do, remember that we would probably do the same. Sarai did what any of us would do and tried to take control for herself. Genesis 16, one and four. Now Sarai, Abram's wife had borne him no children and she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. After Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Abram's wife, Sarai, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her maid, and gave her to her husband, Abram, as his wife, his second wife. He went into Hagar and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress, Sarai, was despised in her sight. See, it created friction. I gave him a child, you couldn't give him a child. Second wife's a bigger deal than the first wife. Do you understand? First, let's just be honest, and that's just weird. Yeah. If we can just be honest, that's weird. But let's look at the lineage because what would happen, the lineage is stunning. What would happen is God would fulfill his promise in his time, not hers. Yes. In his time, not hers, not ours. Yes. And he would give her a son and his name was Isaac. Isaac would go on to fulfill what God had promised Abram and Sarai, and he would father those many nations. And from that bloodline would come Christ. Jesus Christ would come from that bloodline. But I, I said the lineage is stunning because Hagar's son was named Ishmael. And Ishmael's son, or Ishmael's family, his bloodline would eventually lead to uh, who is known as the prophet Muhammad. And I don't have to tell you, all you have to do is turn on your TV and look for things happening in Israel and Palestine, and they have been at war for thousands of years. Thousands of years, all those lives lost, all that bloodshed over, do we follow Muhammad? Do we follow Jesus? Do we remain true to our Jewish heritage? Do we do this, do we do that? Who are we supposed to follow? Let's just fight about it and see who wins. Thousands of years and countless lives have been lost because control went bad. Now, chances are you're never going to be controlled or tempted to do what Abram did. I hope not. But what about some, let's talk about some real world practicality. What about I'm a believer in Jesus and I'm the single person and I can't find any really good single Christian people to date. So I'm going to date somebody that completely doesn't believe what I do. And I'm going to do what? I can change them. Y'all have heard that? Some of us have said that if we're being honest, I'll change them. Listen, if two people are writing a book and the first chapter is different in each book, I can't help but tell you that it might not end the same. I'm just going to leave that there. But what about a financial crisis? You know, well, you've heard about tithing and being generous and, and I know I should put God first, but I made this mess for the last 35 years and it might take me another 35, but I'm gonna figure it out and get myself out of it. Yeah. I didn't think y'all would laugh about that one. I'm gonna move on, I'm gonna move on. Here's a fun one. We like laughing. What about a helicopter parent? I know we don't have none of y'all in here. Nobody at home is a helicopter parent. You know, they got a TV show though. And I haven't watched it, but I've heard all about it. It's called like um, Smothered or something like that. 
you know, where it's about unhealthy relationships between parents and their kids, you know, uh, like, let me see if this rings any bells. Cause again, it doesn't with you guys. I'm talking about your friends, but, um, little Johnny has a science paper due and we're having to do homeschool because of global pandemic and, and he's got to get a good test. So little Johnny turns in the paper and the teacher calls and says, Hey, I know little Johnny's a smart kid, but he's six. And I don't think he knows how to spell thermodynamics. Yeah. yeah. I'm not claiming that one, but, or what about, now I'm only going to speak to the moms. I better be speaking just to the moms here, but, but, um, maybe little Sally, it's always the worst names in these illustrations, but miss little miss Sally is getting bullied. Well, mom wants to march right down there to that school with Sally and tow, find out who that girl's mama is and give her a beating. See, I told y'all y'all don't struggle with those kind of things. What about, what about little Billy? Little Billy's got to go check the mail, but first put on your helmet, your shin guards, your hockey gloves, you know, your, your cleats, whatever it is that you need to be safe. Strap dodgeballs to yourself, whatever it is. Because that's, that's just a dangerous walk to the mailbox, isn't it? I know none of y'all are like that, but here, I'm just going to give you some honest facts. Did you know that there's a recent study, and it's a true study, 8%, okay, that's the number after seven, 8% of college graduates take one of their parents with them on their first job interview? So that's a real thing. That's right. Let me give you a little hint, you know, a little help, a little pro tip, okay? If you ever come to apply for a job at Stockbridge Community Church, especially if I'm the one interviewing you. I love her. I know she drove you. Leave your mama in the car. Good Lord. You would think some things just don't have to be said. Um, question I want you to ask today, what am I trying to control? And today we're going to choose surrender over control. Here's how I'm going to help you do it. Three questions that will help you choose surrender over control. The first one is this. Is it worth my concern? Is it even worth me caring about? I'll give you an example from a leadership perspective. Uh, um, can't really give you one from 2020 because it's been whew, quite a year. Uh, things haven't been the same. I'm going to go with fall of 2019 when things still made sense to me. Let's go with that. Um, in the fall of 2019, I, as the campus pastor here, had the honor and privilege to oversee the leadership of over 350 small groups and a weekly volunteer base of up to 300 people per week. Now, out of that 12, 13, 1,400 people, don't you think there's anything about any of them I would have changed? I don't think there's anything about some of y'all I might have wanted to. Yeah. No, no. I gotta be honest with you. I learned a valuable lesson and that's that uh, there's just some hills that aren't worth dying on. on. Some things don't matter that much. Amen. They just don't. I get, you gotta pick your battles and some things you just gotta let go. Amen. All right, uh, one of the best leadership lessons I've ever learned in my life is that you can lead for control or growth, but not both. And I would even say for you here today, church, and you watching at home, you can live for control or growth. 
And, that, and you're like, what is growth? My spiritual growth, my financial growth, my professional growth, my relational growth, my parenting growth, my spouse growth. I was going to say spousal. Is that a word? Spousal growth. But not both. Not both. 1 Corinthians 10, 23 in the NIV says, I have the right, and this is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. Okay, so this is actually, he's quoting them and then retorting. He says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is constructive. You see, as, as American citizens, as people who are following Christ and we're forgiven and saved by grace for anything we've ever done or will do or think about doing or might've done and not known it, you know, we're forgiven for all these things. So I can do anything I want, but is it beneficial? Is it constructive? You know, sometimes when we say things, we need to ask ourselves that question. And by the way, putting something out there online is the same as you say in it. So maybe we think before we act. I'm gonna get in your business for a minute. Can I do that? Since we're having fun and laughing, can I just, can I just get deep in your business for a minute? There is no one right way to fold the towels. There's not, there's just not. There's no one right way to trim the hedges. Okay, well, y'all, y'all, y'all agreed more about the towels. There's no one right way to make a bed, okay? I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to say it. I know y'all aren't going to agree with me, but here's the thing. If nobody's coming over and I'm getting right back in it that night, there's just, there's no right way to make a bed. I'm going to set you free today, church. I got to tell you, as a dad of a nine-year-old, my son's name is Christian. He's an awesome kid. I don't know if y'all have ever seen the movie Beethoven, you know, about the St. Bernard dog, big hairy dog, and it shakes, and that nasty scene that I used to fast forward because it grossed me out. But I don't know how a small, semi-hairless nine-year-old gets out of the shower and drenches the entire room when he dries off. I don't know. I've never seen it happen. I don't know how it happens. I just know who has to clean it up. And I'm like, how can you be this tall and get water way up there? And as much as I complain about it, the cleaning it up part, as much as I complain about it, a decade from now, you know, I'm going to miss that. Really doesn't matter right now. It's an inconvenience, but it really doesn't matter. And it's certainly not worth sending him to therapy the rest of his life over Next time, ask yourself, does this really matter? Does it really matter? I'm gonna give you a next step. When you do your connection cards online, I'm gonna give you a next step. And this is one that each one of us can do. And it just says, uh, I will let things go that really don't matter. Just pick one thing. The next time you're about to throw down over something stupid, just, just ask yourself, does this really matter? Number two, so we said, is it worth my concern? Number two is this, is it mine to control? Is it mine to control? I got to tell you something, and I got to be careful with this one, because one of the two people I'm about to talk about is in the room today. But I got to tell you, as a child, I hated pot roast. Does anybody in here hate pot roast? Am I the only one? A couple people. Okay. I'm going to tell you why I hated pot roast, okay? Because the pot roast I had as a child, and again, I wasn't an adult. I was a child. I won't tell you who cooked this pot roast, but, but it was drier than that sub-Saharan sandstorm we just survived. 
This table had more humidity. My wife invited me at the time we were dating and she invited me over for dinner. Her mom invited me over for dinner. She wanted to get to know me, which first already scared me because it's a lot to get to know. But then she told me, she's like, you're probably going to try to find a way out of it. And I said, why? And she said, well, she's making pot roast. And I said, you're right. I feel sick. <laughs> and listen, as much as I want to tell you that, that I have always been who I try to be now, and I'm so working so hard to grow into, you know, a man of God who loves his family and loves people, I lied. <laughs> and I said, oh, I, I'm sick. And she said, well, what is tomorrow? I said, I'm sick then too. I surrendered my control because it wasn't within my control. And I'll tell you, my mother-in-law is such a wonderful woman. She would have cooked anything, even without knowing me, if she found out that I didn't like it. I went, and I'm going to tell you all what. Sometimes when we surrender over control and try something that's outside our comfort zone, I'm getting hungry. It was good. It was good. It, 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 was, it was like soup inside the meat. It was amazing. It was like nothing I'd ever had before. It was, like, it was like Psalm 34, come to life, taste and see that the Lord is good. It was so good. Sometimes when you surrender your control or you're willing to admit that it's not yours to control, things can turn out pretty good. You know, the first lessons we learn as a kid is about who is in control. And Ephesians 6 and 1 echoes this when it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. See, when you're a child, you're not capable of being in control. You have to depend on somebody else. After childhood, we learn about the non-parental authorities. Romans 13, 1 and 2 says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. What this is saying, let me sum this up real nice and simple. When the light turns red, stop. Because something bad will happen if you don't. And it might not happen the first time, it will happen eventually. Sometime after that, sometime after we learn to obey our parents, and then we learn to obey the laws of nature and, and our governing authorities, we develop somewhere the ability to become nervous wrecks. Mostly about things that we couldn't control if we tried. Turn on your TVs, church. Get on your social media. There's so many people right now fighting for control of different things. So many different things. And it's not just one argument. There's like a million arguments going on at once right now. And I'm still trying to figure out what happened to the murder hornets. I don't even know where those went. Like we talked about them and I was scared of them for like a week. And then, I mean, I, I may or may not have ordered a beekeeper suit and it just didn't end up being necessary. We worry so much about things that we couldn't control no matter how we tried. Come on. Jesus speaks to this specifically in uh, Matthew 6 and 34. He says, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And I'm not going to spend any more time explaining that. If you can't get that, today's trouble is enough I'll worry about tomorrow. That's a job for tomorrow, Chris. That ain't a job for today, Chris. I'll worry about that then. 
one of the most valuable, another most valuable lesson I've learned, not, set, not necessarily for leadership, but just life in general. As uh, an author I follow by the name of John Acuff, you may have heard him, read some of his stuff. He makes me laugh, so I like to read his stuff. Um, he said these two, these two rules will change your life immediately. The first one is control the things I can control. The second one is control the way I respond to the things I can't control. And if I can accomplish those two things, every day is going to be a better day than the previous. Amen. But here's a choice that you can control. Because nothing else I've said today really matters if you don't get this one. If you don't have a relationship with God, you can't expect the principles from his word to really benefit you. This is what it says in Job 13 and 15. Surrender your heart to God. Turn to him in prayer. Give up your sins, even those you do in secret. Then you won't be ashamed and you will be confident and fearless. I want to be confident and fearless, don't you? Amen. You know, and if you're here today and you're ready to, to live that truth out, I'm, I'm going to say a very short prayer with you. And here's what I want you to do. If you pray this prayer with me today, if you pray this prayer from home, I want you to text the number that's coming up just below me on your screen. I, I, I want you to check it on your connection card. And here's why. I want to pray for you and I want to send you some free resources. Our lead pastor, Jeff, wrote a book just for you if that's you today. So would, you, would, you, would everybody just pray with me for just a second? God, I, I acknowledge that I'm not always perfect. I know I make mistakes, but I'd like to start putting all these things into practice and I can't do it without you. I want to receive your forgiveness today, even for the things I don't know that I did wrong, God. And I want to try to do better. Amen. 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 If that's you and you prayed that today, I just want to encourage you right now to do, check that box on your connection card so I can pray for you. Text in the words following Christ to the number that was on your screen and, and uh, we'll get you some resources. So we've asked the questions, is it, worth my is it worth my concern? Is it mine to control? Number three, is it for God to control? You see, because not everything's worth my concern. And just because I can't control something doesn't mean you can't. Doesn't mean you can't help me with something. That's why God puts good people in our lives. But some things, the best friends can't control. And they can't help with. Some things we just got to let God take care of. Yes. The question that we ask is, am I struggling desperately to control something that I was never meant to control? Am I giving everything of myself to something that I cannot control? Am I letting something control me that I can't control? What I've learned is that when you try to control the things that you can't, you get anxious. It's that pit in your stomach. But when you give those things to God, you find peace. Yes. And out of those two, which one do you want today? You want peace or do you want anxiety? I want to read to you today from the Apostle Paul. The crazy thing is, while he was chained to a Roman soldier under house arrest, he wrote what is known as like one of the happiest, most positive books in the entire Bible. And I don't know about you, but that's a level of surrender I wish I could get. I, I get frustrated waiting on a bag of popcorn in the microwave. He was waiting on deliverance under house arrest, chained to a Roman guard. And from prison, 
from that form of prison, he writes these amazingly powerful words. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That is so powerful, church. If we could just live that out, what a day we would have. Imagine a world where everybody lived that out. What do we do in every situation? With prayer and petition, we take our request to God. I'm going to ask you a question, and you're probably going to feel a little insulted that I'm asking you this. But do you ever insult God? Do you? Think about, no, Chris, I would never insult God. Well, let me ask you something. Have you ever said, well, all we can do now is pray? I told you I was going to get in your business today, but it's only because I love you and I want better for you. I want better for me. Remember, I'm learning this too. I can't tell you how many times I've said, well, you know, the doctor said this. You've done everything they can. All we can do now is pray. lost my job and have no prospects, about to lose my house, my car, maybe my husband or wife, maybe my kids. All I can do now is pray. Just imagine for a moment being God and you're looking down, you're looking at your creation, your children that you love and you cherish. And when they say that, you want to kind of lean back a little bit maybe if you're him and you want to say, well, If I'm all you got left, I guess you're in trouble. I can't deal with that. Of course not. That's why you didn't ask me first. Who am I but the almighty, all-powerful, all-seeing, all-knowing, all-loving creator of everything in all existence? God is not your last resort. He needs to be our first. Because nothing that we control can we really control without him anyway. Like I hope this speaks to somebody. Prayer is not a spare tire that we pull out in case of emergencies. It's our first line of defense in all things. No matter where you're at today, it's your first line of defense. We've asked today, we've asked a lot of big questions. Is it worth my concern? Is it mine to control? Is it for God to control? I'm telling you church, if you can answer though, if you'll stand with me, if you can answer those three questions, your life's going to go up. It's going to get better. And here's what you'll find. You'll find that when you are willing to give things to him and you find that peace, you will have moments where you ask him to do something and it feels like he ain't listening. We're about to sing a song and, and, and I know I'm gonna give it away as soon as I say this, but we're about to sing a song where it says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Can we agree together as a church today that even when I don't see what God is doing, 
You know, Pastor Jeff's not here, but, but something he says is, is that when, when it seems like God's doing nothing, God's up to something. Can we trust him today with that? Can we openly and, and, and submissively say, I submit, I surrender. God, you got stuff that I can't, I can't even imagine. Let's pray. Father, as we move into the ultimate form of surrender where we turn all of our cares over to you and we, we sing your praises, I ask that your spirit will move during each and every person here in this building and everyone watching at home, no matter whether they're watching now or next week. God, we have carried the burden and been enslaved by the shackles of control and a need to control everything and everyone around us. God, I just ask that you let us let that go. Let us see how light it is to walk without that, God. God, our ways are not always clear, but we know that you are the way maker. And even when we don't see it, we're going to trust that you have it under control. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.